Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Greg last week um, started on a series, a sermon series called Circles. Everyone say Circles. Um, and I, I, he, he introduced a certain portion of the scripture where the Apostle Paul talks about circles or spheres. But Paul also, before he goes into that, he talks about a whole section of the unwise, the people that are unwise. So there was first scripture that we, we will start um, to look at is, is 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 12, right? So from that scripture, you see what the Apostle Paul is saying, right? The, the world that we, we, we are living in is, is, is the world that teaches us sometimes to compare ourselves, to measure ourselves, to, to, to sort of give priority and attention to my neighbor. What are they saying? What are they doing? Am I measuring up? And such things, they, they bring um, lots of frustration in people's lives, anxiety in people's lives. Um, and, and by God's grace, we are going to, to cover something that is exciting from the scriptures. So there Paul says, for we dare not class ourselves. We dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who comment themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves, comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. So they do three things. Paul says, he says, they comment themselves and then they measure themselves by themselves. And thirdly, they, they compare themselves among themselves. In other words, they are using their own standards to compare or to measure up and to, to live life. So what's there? What standard should they be using? What standard should we be using? So today we, we want to, to look at the perspective of the world and the perspective of God. So this, they comment themselves, they measure themselves and compare themselves based on the world's perspective and not God's perspective. It's important that we get that right because the world's perspective says this. It says, look, listen to, you, to, to your neighbor or your friend or, or what, what is the next person doing? What is the fashionable thing to do? 
What are my friends, my relatives, and those that are in my sphere saying about me? And we live, we'll try to live to their expectation. So we are using their standard to live our life. I, I don't know if it's just me, but it, it, lots of people do speak about their expectation uh, in my life. So, and also there's a great temptation um, to me to try to live up to a certain standard, but that's not God's standard. So, we want to see the standard of God, the looking life through the spectacles of God's truth. And that's not hidden. It's in the word. Can everyone say, I am a child of God. I am born of God. I believe in the word of God. I am who the word of God says I am. I have what the word of God says I have. And I can do what the word of God tells me I can do. So, now, we, we will look at Psalms 139 from verse 1 to 17. You see, the psalmist, God says about David that he was the man after my own heart. No wonder, because the man had, had, had this to say about God. He had, he had to, to unravel, he had to open the, how God knows us. This is the perspective of God about, about, about us. You see. So, I want us to, to read together, right? So, I want us to read together. Like I told you in the beginning, we are participants today. Praise the Lord. So, there's, there's power in, in, in this. And, and after this service, I just encourage you to go and revisit what we have talked about today. You see. So, in Psalms, Psalms 139, we, we are using the, the New King James Version, and it's, it's, it's on the projector. So here he says on verse 1, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. Can we all say, you know my sitting down and my rising up. Do you know how powerful that is? He says, you understand my thoughts. Afar off. So he's not, he's not reactive. He's not understanding the thought after you have thought about it. He knows before you think about it. Oh, God. <laughs> he is so amazing. I know some of, some of the truths in the word of God, they are... They are difficult. They defy logic because it's truth, you see. So the first point that we are covering by reading this psalm is, is that 
God knows us. God knows me. So you have to personalize it. You have to say, walk in this consciousness that God knows you. He knows your thoughts. He knows you inside and out. He knows your past. He knows your present. He knows your future. You know, sometimes when I, I remember when I was still a young boy and I'm trying to think about my future. So everyone, when they were asking me about what's your future like, I couldn't see anything. My future was like black, right? It was just dark, right? I know sometimes people, we are scared about the future because we do not know. We don't like uncertainty. We don't like not knowing. We, sometimes we want to be in control. We just want to be in charge. But listen, God knows your future. Isn't that exciting? God knows your future. And he had to say this to Jeremiah. He says, I, I know the plans that I have for you. So, and they're talking about the plans. He's not talking about something that has happened. He's including even the future. He says, I know, I know. He was not guessing. He said, I know the plans that I have for you. The plans not to harm you. So, you have this exciting understanding that God Plans concerning you are not for harming you. So let's continue with, with, with the psalmist. So on verse 3 he says, You comprehend my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. How many ways? All. Everything including, excluding nothing. That's all. He says, all my ways. He comprehends. This is what he says on, on, on verse 4. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, Lord, O oh, oh Lord, you know it all together. The word on my tongue? So everything that you say, then that you are going to say, he knows it. You know, this, this just reminds me, you know, sometimes we don't want to invite people in our lives because we don't want to draw them closer because we are afraid that they will discover that, that secret. They will discover the dark, the, the dark bits, what we think is dark and, and is not likable in us. And therefore, we, sometimes we don't give them room. But listen, God is not being invited into this. He knows already. But what's surprising about this is he knows that and still loves me. He knows every bit. He's not guessing, you see. Everything you think is hidden, God knows it. But the amazing bit about it, oh, this is where it's, it's, it's surprising. He still loves you. Verse 6, he says, oh, let's go. Verse 5, he says, You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Oh, say, some, someone say, He has laid his hand is upon me. Say, His hand is upon me. God's hand is upon me. 
nothing can befall you. His hand is upon you. Oh, God, you have God on you. He says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, the psalmist wrote. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? This is amazing. So here the psalmist starts to delve into the omnipresence of God. How God is everywhere. How you cannot go, how you cannot hide from God. There is no place you can go and hide from God. Listen to what he says. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, oh, even there your hand shall lead me. And your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light upon me. You know what he's talking about here is, you see, sometimes the behavior of people changes based on the light <laughs> that, is, that is shining on them. So sometimes people are so good because there is light and it turns dark and the Bible talks about the works of darkness. You see, and in the night you can say, oh, it's dark. No one sees me. But the psalmist is saying, to God, day and night are the same. Day and night are the same. Actually, this is what he, he writes. He says, indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as day. Oh, how amazing is this? You see, instead of taking this negative, negatively, look at it positively. You see, you should not be afraid in the night. See, God does not sleep, you see. God keeps you in the night and in the day. He is with you. To us who believe, it's actually a, a, a great thing that, to know that God is ever present. He is ever with you. Are you going through difficult times? He is. He is. The God is not dead. Listen. Our neighbors are, are the people that, that we, we, we live with, the people in our society. Some have mocked you saying, you believe in God. Where is your God? Look at the mess that you are in. Listen, God is there. He knows. He knows. Praise the Lord. And he's with you. That's the assurance. Then he says, for you formed my inward parts. Oh, every iota, every cell, every bit of your body. He knows it. He formed it. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you. And I am, for I am fearfully and wonderfully mad. Oh, someone say, I am fearfully and wonderfully mad. Like we believe it because we are. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I didn't hear that. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You see, this is truth. 
This is something that you, you should be doing occasionally or very often, daily, if, if you go by my, by my, by my option. You, you need to, to fill yourself with these thoughts. We need to be conscious about this. Right? Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eye, your eye saw my substance, yet being yet unformed. And in your book they, are all, they were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. So he knows, he knew. He knows about you. He knew everything even before you were there. Oh, my God. He says, your eyes saw my substance. Oh, precious God. Listen to this 17th verse. It's, it's sort of the pinnacle of, of this psalm. Listen to this. He says, how precious also are your thoughts to me. You see, it gives us an understanding that God thinks about you. And listen to how the psalmist personalizes God. You see, so when we are reading the scriptures, I'm just exhorting us that you personalize the word. You see, sometimes where you see it's written us, put yourself in there and say me. So he says, the psalmist says, how precious are your thoughts about me? God thinks about you. How comforting is that? Your thoughts about me. Oh, great God. And he says, how great is the sum of them? In other words, he's trying to number the thoughts that God has about himself. About, about himself that the psalmist. Verse 18, which you don't have there. He says, if I should count them. That's the thoughts. If I should count them, there would be more in number than the sent. Imagine. God thinks about you. So this, this is truth number one. God's perspective. This is the perspective. The perfect knowledge that God has about you. It's very comforting. You see. So do you believe what your friends, or not even friends, what the society what people in your sphere are saying about you, which is contrary to the word of God. Isaiah say, who has believed our report? Which report are you believing? They are telling you that you are poor. They are telling you that you amount to nothing. They are telling that you do not have hope. They are telling you that your life is not moving forward. Who would you rather listen? Listen to, the God's, to God's account. God has perfect plans for me. And I know that he has perfect plans for you too. Praise the Lord. The second thing that we need to, to unravel, or we need to, to let ourselves conscious about, is, 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 is that God loves me. Say, God loves me. And to the extent that he describes me in the word of God in ways that, that I cannot understand. There are ways that defy logic. 
There are ways that do not make sense. My natural thinking actually is defined by how God describes me and how he loves me, how he loves you. This is what the Bible says about us. So we are going to read 1 John chapter number 4, verse number 9, verse number 9 to 10. This is the Apostle John and he's writing and he's talking about an amazing truth that you will ever awaken to. He says, in this, the love of God was manifested. Take a look at this. Does it, does it say we will manifest? This is what I do sometimes when I'm reading the word. I look at the tenses. Is it talking about something that has already happened? Or is it, is it a promise? Is it talking about something that will come, that will happen? Do I, have, do I have to do something about it for it to happen to me? That's me. That's how I read it. If you read that again, what does it say? It says, in this the love of God was, was, was manifested. It's a done deal. It was done. He says it was already manifested. How? He said, God sent his, look at sent. He's not saying he will send. He said he has already, he, had, he did it. He sent his only, how many sons did he have? He said he sent his only begotten son. And he told, he told us where he sent him. So he did not say he sent him to hell. The Bible says he sent him to the world. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm liking this. Is it God sent who? He sent his only begotten son where? To the world. To do what? One, two, three. To do what? That we might, we might. So that's where we, I, I substitute we and say that I might live. That's where it becomes personal. You see, I'm no longer shoveling it to you now. It's, it's not for you. This is for me. This is my story. Listen to that. That's my story. Hallelujah. It says that I might live, that we may live through him. And then he says, and in this is love. What is love? He says, God sent his son to the world to die for us and to be the propitiation, the propitiation for our sins. And that's a big word there, all right? But in, in a nutshell, what the apostle is saying is that he sent Jesus that he might be an atoning sacrifice. That Jesus is the perfect sacrifice for us on our behalf. And also to meet the righteous requirement of God. Oh God. In other words, he's saying he took our sin on his body. Jesus 
Jesus Christ came into the world. That's the love of God that was manifested. How did God reveal his love towards us? Is that he sent his only son that we might live through him. But also he sent his son that we, he might die for me, for you. He sent him as a propitiation, the atoning sacrifice. Praise the Lord. Can we go through that verse together? One, two, three. And in this is the love of God was manifested towards us. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world. That we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God. But he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Oh, glory to God. You see, when I said it defies logic, sometimes people love us because we love them first. That's how it happens. If I love someone and they see that I love them, sometimes they respond and they love me back. But this is God. And look at what... When we were dead in our sins, not that we loved him. The Bible says we were not a people. We were lost. We were in our sins. But the Bible records that he loved us. In fact, Romans, Romans 5 verse 8 is, is a better, is a better, is a better account. A, it is a better demonstration. And this this is what he says. Let's read together. He says, but God, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we were righteous? No. When we were still sinners, when we were still lost, this is what amazes me about God. You see, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17. He says what? For if any man be in Christ Jesus. He says, but verse 16 is the, is, is, is the key, is the key. He says, we have stopped, we have stopped looking at everyone after the flesh. Because on verse 15, he had said something. Remember, I'm paraphrasing. It's not on the, on the projector, so you have to look at me to understand it much better. So on verse number 15, he says, For we account that if Christ has died for all, all have died with him. In other words, you have died with Christ. And he says, Therefore we have ceased to look at you after the flesh. So when I look at you, I'm not looking at you after the flesh. I'm looking at you, at you through the lens of God. What does God say about you? And he says, for if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is, he is, he is, he is. He said, Dante, he's not saying he will, he was. He said, he is a new creature. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Then he, he goes after that, he talks about how God has given us a ministry of reconciliation. But this part, from verse 20, he talks about how we are ambassadors of Christ. And verse 21, he says, let's read together. Let's read together. What does he say? For he, 
For he made him sin. Who you know sin. That we might be the righteousness of God in him. In other words, you are the righteousness of God. You have the righteousness of God. That's how key this is. God looks at you as his righteousness. The righteousness of God in Christ. You have his righteousness now. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that exciting? Can we all say, I am the righteousness of God. There are other truths about who you are. For example, you are now accessing the power of God. The power of God is in you. You know, remember Romans chapter 8, verse 11, where it says, the same spirit who raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. And he says, he will revitalize your mortal bodies. And the Bible also talks about the great power that works towards us who believe. That's Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 19 and 20. It says the exceeding greatness of his power, the power that works towards us who believe. That's where I substitute towards me who believe. You see. So you have to, to appropriate these truths. Because that's what God says. You don't have to, to listen to, to people who speak despondence in your life, who speak hopelessness in your life, who speak dejection in your life, who speak negative things about your life. You have to look at the word of God. Because in the word of God, that's where you find the truth about you. That's where your identity is. That's where God has brought you now. He has brought you in a large place. Praise the Lord. The Lord is our shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Lastly, we have to understand that God has brought us into a family. We are now into a family. And, and the last scripture that I will share with us about this is, is, is uh, this amazing scripture in Ephesians 2 verse 19. That will be my last scripture. And I will tell us what we should do about this, about this sermon. So Ephesians chapter 2, 19, it says, Now therefore, when? Now. It says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners. But then it defines who you are. It says you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Oh, glory be to God. So think about it. You are talking to yourself in these scriptures. You are actualizing these scriptures. You are appropriating these scriptures to yourself daily. Think what will happen to you in a year. Any negative thought that rises, that comes, you speak your word of God. You talk the word of God. When you are not feeling well, you speak the word of God. When people are casting you down, you speak the word of God. Praise the Lord. And the power of God rises like that. And the word of God works in you mightily. 
Praise the Lord. So, in conclusion, what we need to do is to find what God says about us. When you find what God says about you, do not let it go. Talk about it. Say it to yourself. How often, you ask me, as often as you like. <laughs> as often as you like. Speak the word of God to yourself. Praise the Lord. Let me pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word that has come to us. Lord, we know that it does not go back void without it accomplishing its purpose. Thank you, Lord, that from today we are awakening to, to the truth of your word. We pray, Lord, that we, we, you grant us strength to, to read your word, to study your word. And Lord, to speak your word about, uh, about what it says to our lives and to our friends and to our, to our situations. Lord, thank you for invigorating our spirits from within. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.